When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 it's time to get in the huddle with Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockyport. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of the In the Huddle podcast. We come to you guys courtesy of our friends at Odyssey. And for this first edition of In the Huddle, it will be me, Jason Lockenfora, at Jason Lockenfora on Twitter. It's not as hard as it sounds. And my buddy Brian Baldinger at Baldy NFL, taking you guys through some of the good, bad, and ugly from what we saw week one and getting you set for a couple of the pivotal games to come in week two. Don't worry. If you're wondering what the hell went wrong with the Cowboys, with the Packers, with the Bengals, I'm going to get into Baldy's. Uh, whiteboard there and his film, and we'll find out exactly what's going on there. We've got some rookie coaches who came out of the gate hot. What did they do well? Patrick Mahomes, sleep on him at your own peril. Baldy saw that one with his own eyes. And Lamar Jackson, is he new and improved? And again, we will hit on a couple of week two games to come. But Baldy, um, the NFL, man, it didn't take long for this thing to get wild, wacky, and ridiculous with missed kicks, safeties kicking touchbacks, yeah, tie 2020 games, teams blowing leads all over the place. What the hell was Nathaniel Hackett doing to end the week? What a mm. week. Well, it, it was um, – it got everybody juiced up, Jason. It just did. I mean, it was – because, you know, we're, we're, we're a league that is built upon stars. Yeah. And so Patrick Mahomes goes out and he's a star. You know, we saw Josh Allen on Thursday night starting this whole thing. He's a star. So you get your star players, but then you get a bunch of new coaches. And we're always trying to find the next coach that can really elevate their team. Yep. that can take their roster and make the best of the roster. I mean, just the basics of coaching, Jason. What do you got? What can we do? How do we maximize it? We saw that from some young coaches or new coaches not necessarily young, but two coaches in big spots. And so it was, there was something for everybody. You know, there was the disappointments, you know, there was uh, Mickey Fitzpatrick, a star at the end of that game. And here comes Cincinnati, like, you know, the Phoenix rising out of the ashes through three quarters to come back. And it's just one of the most reliable kickers we've ever seen in Evan McPherson, but here's Mickey on the other side, blocking the extra point going to overtime. So, I mean, it was there was something for everybody. We're still talking about it. Yeah. Well, let's start with the good, Baldy, because we're glass half full kind of guys. Um, Matt Eberflus and the Chicago Bears. I won't say they shocked the world, but I didn't think they'd be able to do what they did against San Francisco. We get Brian Dable and his debut with the with the Giants. Um, They have a wild comeback against the Titans. Seems to be a completely different energy there. Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins slays Mm -hmm. the beast with the Patriots. And that game, I don't think was really as close as even the score would indicate. Not that it was all that close. Um, It seems like there's a different energy to those guys 
almost the complete opposite of their predecessors. And you well, could put O'Connell and Minnesota in that category. No doubt. As well. Okay, so all four. So let, let's just start in Chicago because, you know, Chicago got themselves a monsoon, you know? Yeah. And so, the, you know, the downpour was there. And I, you know, you've got to factor when you get that kind of weather, you got to factor into the game plan. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget talking to Chip Kelly on the field one day in Philadelphia and eight inches of snow were falling. Oh. Falls like during the pregame warmup. I mean, eight inches. The players are like making snowmen. Yeah. And they, he decided we're not kicking today. We're not doing any kicks, you know? And so, but I look at Matt Eberflus and I go, okay, they had a guy there before with Justin Fields and it was a disaster. Like he had, he made allowed. Justin Fields to throw the ball 17 times against an elite defense in a downpour. And they ran it 37 times. Jason, they as long as the score was a little close, it was 10 yeah, nothing yeah. at one point. As, as long as it was close, third and 11, we'll run it. Third and seven, we'll run it. Like, we're not going to do anything to put ourselves out of this game. Yep. We'll hang in there. We'll hang in there. We'll look for a play. You know, and they, and they got to play. They got to play off a of Justin Fields scramble. You know, to uh, uh, to Dante Pettis, you know, for fifty plus yard touchdown. The 49ers kind of went to sleep on him. They got to play. They got right back in the game. You know, and then defensively, like they made things tough. Like they took yeah. the run away from the yes. 49ers. Like now, part of it was the field. Part of it was three new guys on the inside of the interior of their offensive line. Um, but they couldn't get their running game going. They lost their starting running back early in the second quarter. Elijah Mitchell. So now you're you know, you're down to some young guys and, you know, Jeffrey Wilson and whatever. So I, I give Eberflus like the 37 runs, 17 passes, Jason. Yeah. You know, but they made it, they made it work. You know, forget about the, the stats and all that nonsense. They, they coached the game yeah. to win the game. Yeah. I, I was, I was impressed, really impressed. Yeah. And then what, go, go ahead. Dable. Yeah. I'll just tee up on that one. And, and the giants, I mean, and watching him, dance with the players and seem to be of the players right where they had this old thing there with joe judge where it was about proving that he could be the disciplinarian and the principal before he even seemingly got to know the players well the thing that impressed me just in training camp being up around brian was his staff like he brings bobby johnson from buffalo with him to coach the offensive line they've got three rookies out there jason it's a formula for disaster yeah. you got evan neal okay big first round pick you got Daniel Bellinger, a fourth-round tight end. You got uh, Izidu at left guard, a third-round pick. Like you got four, three guys out there on their line. They ran basic plays, got pulling you lead side guard center, and and Saquon. I at some point your back has to trust the blocking, mm. and so you can play fast. And Saquon from the beginning, he 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 trusted it. And he got he got the big runs. He got the sixty eight yarder in the third quarter to kind of get him going, you know. But he got some big runs. Had a huge day. We haven't seen Saquon run like that, and so that was huge. They protected Daniel Jones pretty good against a really good front. You didn't hear Jeffrey Simmons' name right. hardly at all. They were a dominant front last year. And then defensively, you know, you talk about Brian Staff. I mean, Wink Martindale said, "Okay, we're going to like you know." Everybody says, "Okay, stop Derrick Henry." All right, good, great, great, great. You know, great sound like yeah, but they stopped Derrick Henry. I, I can't remember the last time he got less than four yards of carry in a game. And they set the edges with backup outside linebackers. Jihad Ward, you know, was there. Shane Zimenez, like they played tough football 
against Derrick Henry. And they just shut him down, down the stretch. Like, it was a great coaching job all the way around. And they earned that win. It was a comeback. There was a lot of things that had to go right. But they got themselves to taste of that. And it was a real real credit to it, a well-done well job. Kevin O'Connell, the opposite of Mike Zimmer, uh, offensive side of the ball, young guy, another one who um, I think has a different rapport with players than Zim. How about them moving Mr. Jefferson all over the place and just finding green, green grass or green, green field turf, whatever the hell you want to call it, all over the place? So, you know, this offseason, Justin Jefferson just declared, I want to be the best receiver in football. So he he gets he's united with a coach that just coached the best receiver in football in Cooper Cup last year. So he literally ran the same plays you see from Cooper Cup, like the formations, the the first touchdown, you know, off you know off a of motion uh, coming off of Adam Thielen across the formation, and Kirk Cousins put it right on him. I don't know what Green Bay was thinking. Um, they got a talented defense, but they. They elected not to really cover Justin Jefferson. They didn't give him any special treatment at all. They left him wide open in the middle of the field. Um, but they called one play after another for him, and he delivered big time. Two touchdowns. Um, you know, the the one over the middle for, like, nobody could tackle him, nobody yeah. covered him. It was just kind of amazing. But, you know, and then defensively, they brought in three guys yeah. on the defense. Harrison Phillips at defensive tackles, Adaria Smith, and Jordan Hicks at middle linebacker. And all three of them showed up. Zadarius, mm-hmm. you know, Whoa, you told that possessed. one shot of him kind of bumping Aaron Rodgers to the ground. That was and, the revenge game nobody talked about, Baldy. That was the one that it, never never made the cut. But it man, it looked like Aaron Rodgers was was down for the standing eight count yeah. when Zadarius hit him. And I'm sure, like Aaron's, like saying, "Aren't we boys, man? What are you doing yeah. here?" So he made some big plays. Made a play down on the goal line to stop him and keep him out of the end zone. Got a sack, and then Jordan Jordan Hicks was, I mean, literally, I mean, he outplayed Eric Hendricks. But together, the tandem of the two, it, it's a new day on defense. And Miami gets the win. Interesting for me, Baldy, the outside zone stuff that, like, we think about with Mike McDaniel and Shanahan wasn't there. 2.8 no. per carry, no yep. explosive runs. I think the longest run was 11. It was kind of fits and starts. And it was interesting. So that's not there. So then I would have thought if you would have told me that, then it's all dink and dunk. No, Tua was pushing the ball downfield. They, it seemed like they were making a concerted effort to show that we're we're going to make you respect some of this stuff, whether it works or not. It worked for Tyreek. It worked for one big fourth down play to Waddle. But it was an interesting approach and a comprehensive win, I thought, for the Dolphins. Well, you're right. You know, the run game wasn't there. I mean, New England said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to fire our linebackers. We're going to penetrate. We're going to blow this stuff up. And really, the idea of the outside zone is it should eat all that up. Yeah. But they're just, they lost the right tackle. You know, I mean, stuff happens. Austin Armstead was in out. and out. Yeah. Okay. But, but, you know, it wasn't coordinated the way you normally see, you know, a Mike McDaniel run game. So it wasn't there. But I, you know, the, the quote of the week is really Tyreek Hill saying you need a wheelbarrow. Yeah. You know, on fourth and seven, you know, in their own territory, they're going to throw a slant to Jalen Waddle and he's going to do the Waddle in the end zone yeah. and to open the game wide open. You know, like that call is it says all you need to know about Mike McDaniel and his trust in his quarterback to make that to make that throw. The throw was perfect with anticipation. It was T-ball. I mean, Jalen took it right off the tee, split three defenders, and he's doing the waddle in the end zone. I think every six-year-old kid, you know, in the country is doing it right now after yeah. watching Jalen. But, like, 
you know, it's 17 nothing. You know, the, the Patriots have done nothing on offense. Uh, they get a defensive touchdown from the Dolphins uh, off a delayed blitz. They take a touchdown away off a great play by Xavier Howard and Javon Holland. And next thing you know, they they, they cut, made a couple of big plays, and 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 they 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 coached really well, and a lot of trust uh, from Mike McDaniel in that call because there's not a lot of guys, Jason, that are that are going for no. him fourth and you're you're in up their first nothing. NFL game, Baldy. This is their first NFL game. First NFL game, Jason. It's it's fourth and seven. You're on your side of the fifty. Like you're up ten nothing. The Patriots offense done nothing. Like you punt that ball yeah. and play field position. Every coach parcel, I mean, go through the yeah. history. That's what they're doing. But Mike, like he put it in the quarterback's hands. Unlike, you know, what we saw at the end, I'm sure we're going to get to it. But unlike what we saw with Detroit and Den- or Denver and Seattle. So I, I, I give my, I give all four of those coaches uh, big kudos because I think all four teams hired really good guys. Well, let's put a bow on the rookie head coaches right there then. You mentioned Monday Night Football. Really bizarre. Denver's moving the ball. It seemed like Denver had the ball the entire second half. They did. Moving it at will. You had two bizarre fumbles at the goal line. Um, you, you, it's a weekend where nobody's kicking the ball well. That's a tough place to kick. You've got Russell Bleeping Wilson on a day where he's got 340 in his back pocket. And he's picking them apart. You've got three timeouts. The ball's around midfield. And he opts with a, a lot of time on the clock not to go for the fourth and five and to kick the long field goal. I will say this, Baldy. At least he owned it the next day. You know what I mean? There's some guys in this league who will play the, hey, you're not talking to the MIT and the Stanford kids like I am. You don't have access to the numbers I have. You don't know how big football works, right? He he at least came back and said, yeah, I, I effed that one up. Yeah, he did. And I, I honestly believe that if they're in any kind of a situation like that the rest of the season, that Russell Wilson's not even looking to the sidelines. He's right. just taking it in his own hands. He's calling a timeout. He's going to go over and tell the coach what play I want. This is what we worked on. This is what I see. And he's going to go run his play. And I almost feel like he wanted to do that then. You know, he yeah. tried to sugarcoat it after the game, as you know, you should. But that was disappointing to see. I, I don't care. Like, you know, the statistic, if you want stats – uh, kicks of that distance, two for 41, Jason, two for 41. One is in your town, Justin Tucker, last year to win a game. Indoors. And he did it in a dome in Detroit, in dome, I remember. Yeah. And so, it doinked off the crossbar. Like, I, I don't want to hear – I don't even want to hear that. You know, well, if we get to the – you know, this yard line, we're kicking it. No. You got Russell Wilson there for a reason. Yeah. Russell made these plays. They put the stats up all, non, all Monday night on ESPN, what he's done in the fourth quarter, touchdown, all that stuff. It's all there for Russell Wilson. They have three timeouts, Jason. They they yeah. snapped the last ball on third and 14 with a minute and 11. So the, you throw the check down to Javante. You pick up nine yards. It's fourth and five. Like, you just put it in Russell's hands. Yeah. You get the first down. You call a timeout, whatever you want to do. You got plenty of time to keep moving and to get it closer for Brandon McManus. But you don't attempt that distance no. at that spot. It was just – it was a disappointing finish. Well, a couple other bright spots from week one to touch on before we go to um, some of the truly bad. Two quarterbacks, um, one of whom you saw with your own eyes, Patrick Mahomes, who I just kind of felt like people were sleeping on this offseason, Baldy. Um, you're hearing all this hype about all these other guys, and they're just kind of laying in the weeds with no Tyreek Hill and 
you know, he and Andy Reid, five months, the scheme about how they're going to reinvent themselves. And then Lamar Jackson, people talked about Lamar Jackson a lot. They talked about his contract and what he's worth and what he should be paid and what he wants. Not a whole lot of people were talking about Lamar Jackson, the continuing to grow and evolve quarterback. What did you see out of those two guys in week one? Well, let's, let's go Mahomes first. I was there in Glendale at uh, State Farm Stadium. And I mean, from the, the first three drives, they went right down the field. And the idea that Tyreek Hill was the offense was kind of crazy. I mean, give Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Matt yep. Nagy, give, the, give the, the staff some credit here. They got an elite offensive line. And, you know, when you look at, you know, I know people love to, you know, have their list about the quarterbacks and where they're at. And then in, in relation to Joe Montana, Terry. Right, Brown, right. Like these guys can't like nothing against any of those players. They're all great players. Super Bowls, Troy Aikman, Super Bowls. None of them could play the game the way we're watching these guys play the game today. Yeah. Like you can't make plays. Those, those guys made plays the way Patrick Mahomes can make a play. I mean, he could play. He could be Brooks Robinson. I see your Orioles hat yes. on there. He could be Brooks Robinson at third base, Jason, and throw guys out all day long yeah. with his arm from any angle. You know, like just the bunt. You know, you're, you're just you're, you know you're just screaming to that ball on the bunt, and you're just picking it up on your bare hand yeah. and just whipping it to first base, and he's throwing them out. I mean, his arm is so elite. The angles that he throws, and his but more than the arm to me is his movement because his ability just to navigate a pocket. Yeah. And not like I see quarterbacks try and mm -hmm. they end up sacking themselves. <laughs> they run into the defensive end. Yeah. I saw that a bunch on, uh, on Sunday, but like Mahomes' ability just to feel the pocket, to just take the right step to find where the exit is, where the, yeah. how to get out of harm's way. And then once he's out of harm's way, like just whoever's out there, you know, Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Juju right. Smith, Schuster, Sky Moore, like he's going to find you. And you can't cover for six seconds. No. Like, nobody could do it. I don't care if you're playing zone, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know if you can even, like, just he had, like, Michael Jordan rules. Like, I don't even know if you have Patrick right. Mahomes rules. He right. breaks all the rules. And so to see him spread the ball to nine different receivers, all three tight ends catch a pass. Yep. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, okay, shovel pass, here it comes. Clyde Edwards-Alaire against man coverage, here it is. Like, it looks like there's nobody on the field covering him. Um. Four different guys catch touchdowns. Like, that's what you're going to see from week to week. And there's always Travis Kelsey, you know, because there's just an elite combination there. So I, I I am not one to panic about the Chiefs. And they took those extra picks from Tyreek, and they fortified their defense. Yes. And they all showed up. All, all those young kids played on defense. They just had speed and youth and excitement, you know, and um, it was really an impressive. I mean, it was a beatdown. From yeah. the opening drive. Yeah. Um, interesting approach from the Ravens. They couldn't run the ball mm -hmm. at all. They don't mm -hmm. have special backs. We talked about well, we talked about it in a previous life, in a previous iteration, about center, left guard, left tackle, and some potential issues for the Baltimore Ravens and them not being that dynamic. They ended up having to become a first down play action team. And maybe, maybe it was by design anyway, but as it stands right now, Baldy, one week into this season, Lamar Jackson leads the NFL in air yards per attempt uh, at 12 yards per pass against mm -hmm. the uh, against the Jets. He also had 23 of his passes travel 20 yards or more downfield. 
they 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 did a little of that last year and then it kind of collapsed. But it 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 certainly looked like them emphasizing and Lamar emphasizing things other than the scramble drill and the run game. He ran four times, Jason. This is a guy that ran for twelve hundred yards two years ago. Yeah, was the unanimous MVP of the league. Um, there was I, I and, and during that period, Jason, I would say, even with the backs that they had, which was considerable, J.K. and Gus and the whole group, that their best run was Lamar Jackson dropping back to pass, let the yeah. defense spread out, yeah. and then just him run. Yeah. Like nobody could stop it. Yeah. So, and so you set a record for quarterbacks rushing, all that kind of stuff. He ran four times. He had two scrambles. So I have people telling me after I broke down the film that you haven't watched Lamar Jackson. He's been doing this <laughs> since Louisville. And I'm like, no, this like the, like the, the second touchdown to Duvernay yeah. down the middle, like he he's in the pocket. He climbs the pocket and there's a lane just to go. But his eyes are up and he flips it. You know, Duvernay beats the coverage and it's a touchdown. Um I don't want to hear anybody tell me that he's not making a concerted effort. Like he's heard all the noise sure. about, okay, postseason, you got to throw the ball better. Yeah. All right. Well, he stayed in the pocket. He had one scramble for a first down and it was, it was classic Lamar. I mean, I was a hell of a the entire yeah. defense miss. Yeah. But, and then, you know, he only did it at the very last second. You know, he, he really tried to stay right there. Yeah. And I look, I'm, I'm doing the game this weekend against Miami. You know, Miami shut him down last year. Yes, third down, they couldn't convert one. Um, it turned Miami's season around, but I, I'm here to say that Lamar's in his contract year. He's playing for it. Like he might get, and if he stays on this path and he gets the ball to Rashad Bateman, like he does and Duvernay yeah. and Isaiah likely is going to be a star next to Mark Andrews. I think we all can see that. Mm -hmm. um, like if he does this, like it, it's really going to be a testament to him. Yeah. yeah, I don't think the Ravens are jamming this down his throat. No, you got to do this. You got. I no, think no, no. Lamar wants to do this. Yes, Jason, that, that's how I feel. I know it's one game. It's the Jets. I get all that, but I feel Lamar wants to show people. Oh, definitely. I'll, show you. I'll, yeah. run, I'll run for twelve hundred, but I'll show you. I can throw for forty five hundred. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and again, I just wonder about their ability to protect long enough for well, some I of these Patrick play action Ari plays to keep. Left yeah, they got the backup to the backup to the backup yeah. at left tackle right now. Yeah, yeah, it's not and a it's strong Ronnie, group. Ronnie Stanley situation. Um, you know, even when he plays, how long does he play for, and what does that look like? Well, let's go to some of the ugly from Week One, Baldy. Dallas Cowboys. Oh boy, sorry, Dallas. So. Okay, I mean, look, defensively, they were not good. I right. mean, Leonard Fournette just pounded the ball against them uh, relentlessly. And they looked like Dallas before Dan Quinn got there. I mean, they couldn't stop the running. And nobody could – I mean, they ran away from Micah, you know, so, like, that was part of the game plan. Wherever yeah. Micah's at, we'll go the other way. So that that was apparent to me. And they had nobody that could stay in there. I didn't hear Tank Lawrence's name the entire night. Um but they played good red zone defense. They kept them out of the end zone. They forced field goals. Yeah. They kept them to a low point offensively. Like, look, I I mean, I, I feel horrible for Dak. Um, but he wasn't playing well. No. C.D. Lamb, like, it's one game. But they couldn't get the ball to him in a playoff game. They couldn't get the ball to him. He certainly doesn't look like he's difficult to cover. Yeah. Um, they ran Tampa 2 at him, took him away. They dropped Shaq Barrett, took him away. Um there's nobody else. 
Like I saw Amari just school corners in Cleveland uh, <laughs> against Carolina, just school them. And they don't have that guy, Noah Brown, like whoever they're putting out there. Like this, this offense looked awful. With that, it looked awful. And so I know they're America's team. I know they drive all the ratings in his business. Yeah. That's never going to change. They're Dallas. But that was a poor performance on every level. Well, it didn't look like they had a whole lot of ideas either, Baldy. Like, okay, whatever our script was, whatever we thought we could come out with and show is getting us nowhere. But, like, I don't really know what was behind door number two. Yeah. Well, they tried, you know, look, the third play of the game, they're running this silly reverse. They don't set it up. You know, it just gets blown up by Shaq Barrett. They lose eight yards. Now, they they overcame it. But, like, I don't know. I don't know how many times they crossed midfield, to be honest with you. Yeah. you know, after the first drive where they kind of moved the ball a little bit, like they really couldn't sustain any offense at all. And the idea that they're going to just move CD lamb around and put him in the slot, put him in motion, put him out wide. I don't know. Like I know it's one game and I might be misspeaking here, but I don't know if he's the number one receiver. Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, he, he's, he's a very slight frame guy, which is okay. Marvin Harrison was like yeah. that, but Marvin Harrison was an elite route runner and he had Peyton Manning. Like, so I don't want to make any right. comparisons. Right. I'm just saying from a physical standpoint. But, you know, he looked like a really good slot receiver when he had Amari and he had yeah. the other guy on the other yeah. side, you know, and and Zeke was running the ball really well and they had an elite offense line. He looked really good in the slot. Like, he looked like that was a yeah. good role for him. Yeah. Not everybody is a number one receiver. No, no matter how high you draft him or how what you want to pay him. And it didn't it didn't look like he had that ability. Like the Bucks certainly didn't treat him special. Right. And right. sometimes they just put Carlton Davis on him and just like manned him up. You know, and sometimes their zone took care of it. They ran Tampa two down the middle of the field, took him away. Um, they didn't have anybody, you know, when, when Dak had to get off of him and go someplace else, I didn't see anybody else winning. No. no. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals invested a lot of energy and money into trying to fix their offensive line. Um, I don't know that any team looked worse offensively in the first half of a game this this week, Baldy, than the Bengals. Um, quarterback under duress, quarterback poor decisions, turnovers, quarterback getting hit. Um, they still damn near pulled it off, and Joe Burrow's got that Joe Montana thing in him. It ain't over yeah. till it's over. Uh, but it seems like there's some work to continue to do up front. Albeit, that's not a group that played together a ton in the preseason, right? So this kind of, I guess, this September is their preseason for that five-man unit. Well, the only guy that returned from the offense line from a year ago was Jonah Williams, the left tackle. And he struggled as much as anybody there. Yeah. They had a rookie at Cordell Volson at left guard. Well, Cam Hayward said, you know, welcome to the <laughs> welcome. NFL. Yeah. I, give, I mean, the Steelers were so dominant defensively. Second play, pick six, Minka. Um, you know, TJ, before the injury, was looked like he wanted to go win that award again. Um, you know, Alex Highsmith. Like, they they just smothered Joe Burrow. I mean, they, they hit him 11 times. They sacked him seven times. They forced fumbles. Um, they had three, you know, three, four interceptions. Like, it was as dominant a performance defensively that you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And so you could bring in Lyle Collins to make any difference. I mean, there's TJ Watt just jumping up at the line of scrimmage, just taking the ball away from Joe. But to 
Joe Burrow's credit, like just like we saw in the playoff game against Tennessee, you can batter and bruise him all day long. He's just going to keep firing. Like he's just relentless, you know. And so it comes down to a Jamar Chase touchdown, you know, with no time left on the clock and just march out Evan McPherson to go win the game. And here comes Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, with just like Mink, Mink Fitz magic. I don't know, but yeah. it's. It was an amazing play. You don't see extra points blocked. I know it was a backup long snapper in the right. Rachel Wilcox is snapping, but the ball still got to Huber. The ball got down. Um, Minka was there to block it. And they go into overtime. And so um and it took all 10 minutes in overtime, basically, you know, to yes. go win that game. Yes. So Pittsburgh's offense was dreadful. Yeah. Dreadful to watch. I don't know um if Najee Harris is healthy. He doesn't look healthy at no. all. Now he he's he's saying I'm fine. I'm gonna be back to yeah. practicing this week. He's not healthy. No. So uh they, they look good. But Cincinnati, like wow, just credit Pittsburgh's defense. Like they they were amazing in how they played. Yeah, that was uh a, a wild, wacky, crazy divisional game. Um couple games we want to highlight this weekend before we get on out of there. Let's start with a divisional matchup. Tom Brady and the Bucks against the Saints. The Saints have had his number since he joined the NFC South. The Saints, um, tail of two halves for them as well, looked like our uh, Atlanta was going to run away and hide. And then back came Jameis um, and 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 Michael Thomas and the guys, uh, and they pull off a huge win. What do you? What I guess? How do you size this one up, Baldy? Do, do you think the Saints uh, that 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 magic elixir is still there? Well, they've got options. I mean, this is the best receiving course since uh, New Orleans had in a long time. You know, when you look at Michael Thomas back and he's beating the Falcons number one corner in the same play for two touchdowns. Uh, and then the trust that Jameis has in him to see what juice brought to the to the offense from a receiving standpoint. And then you add Alave with Kamara. Like this is as good as it's been. And Jameis has got a strong arm. Yeah. You know, and if they can protect him now. Up front, you give him just a little bit of time because he can still maneuver the pocket pretty good, and he's still big and strong. But if Jameis can can stay upright, like this offense can be really, really good. The disappointing thing was watching Tim, uh, New Orleans' defense in yeah. this game. Like they did not look good. They did not get to the quarterback, did not affect the quarterback. Um, you expected more from their defense. Yes. Um, way more. To see what Cordero, Cordero Patterson did um, you know, to him was – you know, and to see how they were really ineffective in doing anything against Mariota, that was pretty disappointing. But, you know, the Bucs, like, the Bucs let you know on the first play against the Cowboys that, you know, Chris Godwin is healthy. Yeah. Like, we've got him back from an ACL injury late right. in the season. They put the ball in his hands first yeah. play. Julio looked faster than I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Julio, not ever. But, I mean, right. he looks faster than he has in five years. Yeah. Like, they ran – I haven't seen – Julio run fly sweeps like they didn't run those plays um you know when he was in uh, but he, they ran them they ran a bunch of them with them he looked really good you know and Mike Evans Mike Evans so um and those two young kids inside um Ledecky, the rookie and then Robert Hainsey their third round pick two yeah. years ago from Notre Dame they played really well I mean Dallas really didn't outside of Mike uh Mike you know getting yeah. to Brady a couple of times yeah. I mean they held up really, really well, and Brady threw the ball really well. He, like he, I think he's going to enjoy playing with Julio. 
You can yeah. just tell. You can just tell, like, already they have pretty good timing. So the Saints defense, gonna they're going to have their hands full with Brady. I know they've had their number. Yeah. But Julio looks different to me right now than he has in the last three years. Um, yeah, he definitely looked like a factor when he ran underneath. Somebody better go with him. Um, Vikings and Eagles both seem to rack up yards. And at times, uh, especially in the case of the Eagles, points at will. Um, that, to me, is an intriguing Monday night game. What are your thoughts on that one, Baldy? Well, you you know, maybe the best player on the field Monday night. That's the second Monday night game uh, this weekend. But maybe the best player on the field is Justin Jefferson. So Green Bay had no answer for him. So I, I have a feeling Darius Slay wants him. Uh-huh. Like I have a feeling that Slay is in the ear of uh, Coach Gannon, their defensive coordinator, going, give it to me, Coach. I, I can do this. Yeah. And which is exactly how Slay thinks. Sure. So um, defensively, the Eagles were awful against the run. Credit Detroit. They got a good, really good young def- offense coordinator, Ben Johnson, really smart. Uh, did a lot of like uh, traps and whams inside on the Eagles. They weren't ready for it. So I'm sure that. You know, Minnesota will look at that um, this week. They It starts, I think, with defending. You know, we A.J. Brown on one side, Jeff, Justin Jefferson on the other side. I mean, playmaking, wide receivers, true number one receivers, both quarterbacks really trust them. Um, everybody wants to talk about the quarterbacks in the passing game. So A.J. Brown and Justin Jefferson, who wins that battle, might win the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not impressed by the Eagles' offensive line the way I usually am. They broke down a bunch. Jalen Hurts had no choice but to run. Yeah. Basically, he ran 17 times. Like, I don't care who you are yeah. at that position. Quarterbacks should not run the ball 17 times. He had a late hit from, from Walker in Detroit. It was slow to get up. Like, he ended the season last year with two bad ankles. He can't run it 17 times. Most of them were scrambles because he had to. So, they've got to figure that out. And they've got to figure out um, – you can't just throw it to A.J. Brown. So they, right. they've got to kind of expand the, the passing game a little bit. Devontae's got to show up. Goddard was good. They've got three guys that you can get the ball to. Um, so I'm, I'm anx- it, it should be really fun. Uh, but I'm, I'm anxious to see just how those two receivers get defended in this game. Baldy, before we get on out of here, you will be in Charm City. Lovely Baltimore, my hometown for Dolphins, Ravens. I would take you out for a crab cake. But I will be up at Happy Valley visiting Penn State with my daughter as we conclude our final college visit. Otherwise, I would definitely be taking care of you. Have this week? I haven't looked. Oh, they're away. Thank goodness, because that'll mean traffic. Yeah, yeah. We planned this. (laughs) We're largest city in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I don't need to worry about one hundred twenty thousand people at the game or whatever. Um, Dolphins kind of ended the Ravens' season last year. I mean, they went and played that Thursday night game ripped the heart out of the Ravens on kind of on both sides of the ball. And Baltimore never was the same. T- looks to me like a tough matchup for the Ravens as well. Cause that Miami defense is still pretty ferocious. Miami has a lot of speed. Um, what, w- what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I mean, I think you have to, I- I'm sure both teams, you know, uh, have gone back and-, and looked at last year's game. I think Miami was two and seven at the time. They were yeah. like, they-, they were literally in the crypt. It was over. Yeah. And they, they threw this third, third down defense is, you know, cover zero look at the line of scrimmage and Lamar and the Ravens had no answer for it. Um, so they're going to see it again because the Patriots just saw it. Yeah. Um, 
They had a, a delayed blitz off the edge uh, against the Patriots on Sunday. Brandon Jones got home. Uh, Melvin Ingram scooped up a loose ball and danced in the end zone for the Dolphins' first touchdown of the season. Um, if the Ravens don't have an answer for it, it's going to be a long day. They had a, an entire year to look at it. Um, you can't expect Lamar just to get on his horse and run. Yeah, Again, they got too much speed at the at the defensive line and up in the line of scrimmage to do something like that. You got to throw against it. You got to convert. And it doesn't matter if it's third and three or third and ten. You're going to see it. So that's that. And then I guess you know it's just a you know game two of Tua in Mike McDaniel's system. Yeah. Uh, the Ravens defensive line. I, I you know Joe Flacco. I think he's got five kids. Jason. Yeah. I'm sure about the end of the first quarter. It was like, I wish I was home with my kids. Oh yeah. Like the Ravens made life so miserable yes. for him. And it, they, they're not even with Travis Jones. Wasn't out there. Right. Jabo, like it's all coming, but to see what they did defensively, Matabike, Calais, like that, Justin Houston, Pierce, like that group everybody got off. is ferocious. And you got to kind of, pay attention to Mike McDonald, the new defensive coordinator, because like, while he does blitz much, not as much as Wink did, but like to see um, Marcus Williams come on a delayed safety blitz right up the middle, like he's smart. He's clever. The the Dolphins have to be ready for this. The thing that the Dolphins have though, is in a blink on any play from anywhere on the field, Waddle and Tyreek can make a house call from anywhere. They have two home run hitters in that lineup. And so no matter what the score is, what the situation is, I don't care if it's five seconds to go in the half, Jason. Yeah. Like I'm not taking a knee with those two guys on the field. Right. Like I'm 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 putting the ball up. Yeah. And so you got two home run hitters. And if you blink, you make a mistake, they're dancing. So like that's that's the the challenge of the Ravens secondary um against these two guys. The speed and playmaking ability that they have from anywhere to yeah. change the game. Well, should be a heck of a ball game there. It, if week two is anything like week one, we, uh, all of us football fans are going to have a lot to savor. We appreciate you guys listening to this first edition of the in the huddle podcast. Again, we come to you courtesy of our friends at Odyssey, please rate review, give us feedback, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. Um, we're available anywhere. Uh, podcast are available and uh, we will be talking to you guys again next week maybe eventually more than <laughs> once a week yeah um, it sounds like we're headed it's in that fluid. direction it's, it's so, a fluid situation yeah Andrew. we're yes. going to keep you on your toes here as loyal listeners to in the huddle as we continue to grow and evolve and uh, we look forward to breaking down week two with you guys next week thanks for listening and talk to you soon